This is episode 58 of the Thriving Mom podcast. Now, if you're worried about how to navigate holiday conversations around diet, culture, bodies, and weight, then you're going to want to stick around for this episode because we're diving into that, what you need to know, and how you can set yourself up to be able to protect your mental and emotional health through the holiday. Welcome to the Thriving Mom podcast where we invite mothers and mothers at heart to think outside the conventional beliefs about motherhood, nutrition, and raising healthy kids. I'm your host, Uime Oguta, recovering perfectionist and non-diet nutrition counselor on a mission to help smart women like you find food and body freedom through intuitive eating, self-care, and mindful practices that will leave you kicking balance to the curb, stop surviving, and start thriving in the beautiful chaos that is motherhood. Are you ready, Mama? Let's journey together. Welcome back, friends. How are you? So it's winter and it's snowing and it's cold. (laughs) Very cold in Yellowknife. And I was just telling my husband how even though I knew winter was coming, I hadn't mentally prepared myself for the chill that comes with the wind here. So even though sometimes you'll see the weather or the temperature stated as like minus 12, minus 13, some places they just don't tell you what the wind chill is. And when you add that wind chill, sometimes minus 12 feels a lot like minus 27. And I don't like the cold, but somehow I keep finding myself in cold places. The thing is, every year it happens and I still complain, (laughs) like I'm not ready. And I think this is something that a lot of you listening can relate to because The holiday season, typically, I think, is kind of like that. Like, once the holiday comes, there's so many resources and blog posts and ads that just come out of the woodworks. Many of the messaging is always about how to make sure you don't eat too much, how to watch your waistline. And just around that week of the 20-something of December, diet culture just ramps up with all the diet advice and all the things. You know what I'm saying. So in this part two of our two-part series on how to navigate the holiday season by saying no to diet culture, we're going to talk about some simple ways that you can take care of yourself despite all of the diet culture talk and tactics going on because we know it's coming if it hasn't arrived already where you live. I started part one last week where we talked about conversations around food If that's something that you struggle with, I highly recommend that you check out that episode. I'll also include a link in the show notes. You don't have to pause this one to listen. You can just add it to play next on your list. Okay, before I move on, I want to say here that we live in a fat phobic society. And if you're not familiar with the word fat phobia, it means a fear of fatness. And this fear is ingrained in all of us, especially if you live in the Western society, Although I feel like it's kind of a universal thing right now. We've been taught to believe that the pursuit of thinness is our ultimate goal in life, especially if you've been socialized as a woman. So we have this belief that when we lose weight, when we fit into a particular body size, that is what's going to give us the ultimate happiness. That's going to help us find joy. It'll help us find love. It'll help us feel more worthy and all the things. So from a very young age, we are taught to fear fat bodies. We're taught to label them as unhealthy. I know you might hear this and think, well, I'm not impacted by fat phobia. I don't know why I'm just 
pretending and having an accent right now. But there are a lot of us who think that way. I used to think that way. I was like, I don't have fat phobia. I don't have a problem with fat people. But when I started doing my own body image work and working with my coach, I actually saw areas of my life where fat phobia was directing my behaviors. If this is you, I want you to know it's not your fault. Just think that perhaps there is a little bit of that in your mind. It might not be showing right now, but I bet you there is. So what I want to invite you to do is just do your own work and notice how you think about or treat the fat people around you. Now I'm using fat on this podcast as a descriptor. So if you listen and you hear that word and it feels triggering to you, I want to extend so much love and just compassion towards you. And I want you to know that this is not being used in any way that is discriminatory. It's just the way I'm using to explain these differences. And for the people who might feel that they don't have fat phobia, I want you to know that you're not a bad person. If you have thoughts, if you have behaviors where you tend to prefer people who are in, you know, conforming bodies according to the society's standards, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. You just have a normal human brain that believes what it's been told for years. And that is everyone needs to be pursuing thinness. So in general, I think what I'm just trying to say is that conversations around wanting to lose weight or, you know, making jokes and fun of our bodies, these are very much considered normal, especially if the women in your family participate in this form of behaviors, any form of dieting or food restriction, or if they have eating disorders. This is normal in our society today. And I just want you to be aware of that. Now, this year might feel really challenging for a lot of us because we haven't seen people in a long time. Like so many of us have just been home by ourselves or with our own inner circle. So maybe your immediate family, maybe your kids, maybe your partner. And now we get to go out and see other people. Some people also may have started their journey to food and body freedom while in isolation. So the holiday is when you get to go meet people with this new experience that you have. Perhaps your body has changed and it can feel scary. And if you find yourself feeling this way, I want you to totally own your feelings about this. Recognizing that it does suck to live in a world that tends to judge people based on the size of their bodies. I want you to give yourself a moment to recognize that and then resist the urge to judge yourself for feeling that way. Your feelings are totally valid. Then I want you to set the intent to continue to disengage from diet culture as you continue this path of healing your relationship with food and your body. As women, we've been conditioned to believe that we live for approval and validation from other people. So we haven't really been taught that (laughs) people are responsible for their own behaviors and their thoughts. So sometimes it makes it challenging for many of us to decide to disengage from what everyone else is doing. Like it feels so scary. For me, I think before, because I'm a recovering people pleaser, I would have this deep, painful feeling in my stomach. Like I'd want to throw up and I feel really anxious. This is normal because we haven't been taught how to do otherwise. So the thought of even declining and saying, no, I refuse to engage with any sort of conversations around my body or food or dieting, it can feel really scary. So give yourself lots of grace. Again, resist the urge to judge yourself from feeling this way or feeling like you're disappointing your tribe because you're not doing anything wrong. Your brain will try to tell you that it's wrong, 
but you have to be willing to have your back and then decide that your own self-care, your mental well-being, your emotional well-being is much more important than the approval of everyone else. So what I really wanted to do was lay that foundation for you to normalize your worry, to normalize the fear and anxiety that you might be feeling because we're going to talk about some practical steps that you can take to navigate those conversations around body, about weight, and how you can dissociate from them. But I wanted to make sure that we normalize this because sometimes we forget, like I said in last week's episode, if you don't really understand why you need to do this or how the society has been created to impact you in this way, you find it challenging and you feel like there's something wrong. Nothing has gone wrong. This is just a different way of approaching life where you get to be the one in charge and empowered to just show up and be your authentic self. All right, so let's go into some really practical steps. Number one, I think I already alluded to this. (laughs) Expect it. Simple. Expect that people will have conversations because we live in a fat phobic society and people just feel it's normal to have these conversations. Obviously, the word diet is so yesterday, so people don't really use that. But people might say things like, I'm on a plan, I'm on a wellness regimen, or use words like indulge, bad food, oh, this is sinful, or I'm so bad. Or they may be talking about how they intend to diet after the holiday. These are all diet culture talk. And they seem to imply that people lack self-control. So automatically, people start to blame themselves and also struggle with feeling that self-deprivation is around the corner in the new year. But really, there's no difference between right now and January 1st. It's just a few days, right? But nothing really extra happens. And the thought of being deprived when the new year comes is even enough to drive people's obsession with food. Just something to think about because none of that conversation is helpful. It actually takes away from the experience of enjoying other people's company. I want to say here that many of us just feel triggered because we're not expecting it. We just assume that because we've been doing our own work that other people are in the same path. But that's not true. Just like every time the winter comes and I'm not ready. I don't prepare for the cold and I'm just like complaining the whole time that it's too cold. If I'm expecting it, you would think I would do things differently to set myself up for that. I remember when we were living in in Winnipeg and the first day of the snowfall was typically the busiest day or one of the busiest days for tow companies and the public insurance agency. It didn't matter how long people had been driving. As soon as that first snow fell, you would just see cars on the side of the road, people getting stuck. Very fascinating. Every year it happened and we would just be like, oh, okay, it's the first day of snow. This is to be expected. So expect that people will have these conversations. Don't get caught unawares. Now you might find yourself wanting to say something and we're going to talk about that in a bit, but I just want to touch on something really quick. Reminding you that everyone is on a different path with how they engage with food and their bodies. So before you say anything, I want you to think about how far you have come on your own journey, the kinds of decisions you had to make, what that felt like. And hopefully that'll help you to extend some empathy and compassion to those people first. Because sometimes when we're in this new thing that we discovered, we tend to get preachy, right? And we want to judge people because, well, they should know better. Truth is, 
like I said, this is the society that we live in. So some people might not even recognize how this is causing harm to themselves or to the people around them. And in, in your place, as someone who knows a different way of engaging with food and the body, you have to create that safety for them to realize that. You're not going to do that if you're preachy, if you're judging them, right? You need to extend empathy and compassion for these people. And if the opportunity presents itself, you can have a conversation with them. But none of that will happen if you're busy judging them. Really important to think about. Next, you want to set the intention and decide that you will not be participating in diet talk of any kind. So this is kind of related to the first point. When we don't make that decision, our brains tend to feel frazzled, right? Because we're not expecting it and we didn't plan. So then an opportunity shows up where there's conversations around dieting and you're like, oh, what do I do? No, we're going to prepare and we're going to set the intention that we are not engaging in any of that kind of conversation. Agree with your brain that you're not going to be part of that and even go a step further by telling yourself all the reasons why it is important for you not to participate in conversations around bodies, around food that is not elevating anyone because your why is what's going to help you, especially if you're feeling uneasy about this whole process. Just really thinking about the reason why this is so important is enough to give you a little bit of a boost so that you feel a little bit more comfortable around this. And now the next step is decide on some boundaries ahead of time. This is all about preparing. Before you meet people, it's really important to let them know about the changes that you've made, especially if it's been a long time that they've seen you. I learned this from my coach, actually. For instance, if diet talks used to be the norm and all of a sudden you change and start acting differently, it may come off as if there's a problem. Maybe even just sending something like a simple text to your family or the host and just saying, this year I've been working on my relationship with food and my body and I'd appreciate if we don't talk about those kinds of things. Simple. I think about my client over the summertime, she was going to go home and visit her parents. And this is something that really stressed her out because parents are still steeped in diet culture. And she was using a different way or engaging with food and her body differently with her daughter as well. So we talked about how she could prepare. And one of the things she did was just to send a text to her family group chat, tell them the change that they were making. And setting expectations for her visit to her parents. So this gave the parents enough time to prepare. And when she went there, it wasn't a big deal. Like even when someone made a comment, the other parent just corrected them and they moved on. It made for such a smooth and better experience for her. Next, you can have an exit plan for what to do when diet culture talk begins. So for some of us who are not very comfortable talking to people or being confrontational, you can just excuse yourself and go to somewhere where you feel safe. So you can go to the bathroom, you can go outside, you can join a different conversation. You might feel like, oh my goodness, this is being rude or this is challenging because I shouldn't be doing this. But remember, we're talking about taking care of yourself and feeling safe. So if you had thought about your why, this is where that why comes in, reminding yourself that this is important. If you're with a friend or people you trust, plan for an exit signal. Perhaps you'll text them. Perhaps you'll laugh really loudly. Perhaps you'll make a sound and they'll come take you away from the conversation. This can be planned with kids too. 
So depending on the age of the child, you can just let them know the plan and for them to come find you if people start having that conversations around them. So even something as simple as just saying, oh, I have to go find my mom and they just walk away. They're a child. No one's going to start questioning them. So you want to make sure that they're aware of the plan as well to keep them safe. And this will also teach them how to start standing up for themselves and putting those boundaries for themselves as well. Next, you want to round up allies and I want to say this as someone with thin privilege, I continuously do my own work to recognize how I benefit from this society. So one of the little ways that I try to be an ally is just creating a safe space for fat people to feel welcome when I'm around. So whether it be in my coaching practice or just in my day-to-day relating with people. So this is a tip that I'm going to offer you. If you're a host, create an inclusive space for people. So you want to make sure that everyone feels welcome. So things even as simple as having accessible seats, right? Not just thin chairs that could break. You want to make sure you're using sturdy material. There's enough space for people to move around, especially if someone is coming there and they're using a wheelchair. You want to make sure that they're able to get through if they need anything. You also might want to let people know what kinds of topics are a no-go in your space. And it is in your place to make sure that you're keeping an eye out for those kinds of conversations. So if people start talking that way, you need to be able to say, no, that's not okay and shut the conversation down. Now, finally, if you're feeling up to it, I want you to do something for yourself. You can just start by telling people that you don't participate in diet, weight loss talks or conversations about bodies. So even just saying things like, I don't comment on mine or other people's bodies is enough. Just say it, no need to explain, and you can just walk away if you're feeling awkward about it. But again, it's going to feel scary if this is something that you're not used to, but at least it's helping you to start placing those boundaries in place. Another thing which you can do, which is something I learned from that coach again, is just make it fun and silly. For example, when someone asks if you want to eat everything on your plate, you can just say, yeah, I guess we'll find out, right? Because what they're expecting is probably you either being defensive or jumping in the pool with them and being like, oh yeah, I know, right? I have to think about dieting. No, you just make a joke out of it, right? You can say things like, my body knows what to do with the food I eat, so that's not my problem. And yep, I put it on my plate and I trust my body to figure out how much I should eat. And if I don't finish the food, I can have it again or throw it away. Again, you can say this when people also comment on your child's food or their body. Teach your child to say these things too. So even something as simple as telling your child to just say, I trust my body to do what it needs with what I eat is enough. If they're up to it, by all means, again, we're teaching them how to set themselves up to start putting those boundaries in place. The next thing I'm going to talk about is just reminding you that other people don't cause your feelings about yourself. It is what you make of those words that they're saying that actually affects you. So people will say things based on what they're thinking. They might project their insecurities on you. The only way to know exactly what they're thinking when they make a statement is to ask. And if you're not asking, you cannot assume anything about what they said. They just said words. So you can't make it mean anything about you. And if they say something and you feel hurt, it kind of triggers something within you. I want you to see that as an opportunity for you to explore and think about why that statement caused a response in your body so you can do this once you've left the environment when you're in a more calm um, mood you can just go back to that moment and try to explore and figure out what was it exactly that made me feel the way I did 
And this might just reveal some areas where you might still need to work on when it comes to your body or food. Just take what they said as information, not a reflection of who you are as a person. Finally, if you're feeling up to it, you can talk about your own journey. And you're going to do this from a place of how differently you are experiencing life and experiencing food and your body. Again, this is not about centering yourself and making your body the object of the communication. It's more about letting people see what's possible because sometimes we just need one person to start, right? And if that person is in our inner circle, then we feel more comfortable to be able to explore. You might be the first person in your family to ever think about not dieting. I have quite a few clients who are like that. They're the first in the family. And this is something that we talk about often. If you're not in a place where you think you can do this, that's okay too. You don't need to do it. But if you're ready and you've been waiting for that sign to tell you that you can do it, here's your sign. (laughs) You can go ahead and do it. I just want to remind you again, we live in a fat phobic world and choosing to go against the norm can sometimes feel very difficult and that's okay. But I want you to know that you're not alone. There are many of us moving against the culture of fat phobia, the culture of patriarchy and racism and white supremacy. And we're going to keep doing this work because when we have the autonomy, when we have agency over food, over our bodies, it's easy for us to be able to start having agency and autonomy in so many other areas of our lives. This happens quite often with my clients. It has happened for me and it's also possible for you. It only takes one person to change the story. And that person can be you as you navigate the holiday season and say no to diet culture. So I want you to come find me on Instagram. I'm at Olive and Bliss Wellness. And let me know if this episode resonated with you. Let me know what you're planning to do. And I'll be so honored to cheer you on because we can all do this together. Okay, my friend, I hope you have an awesome week ahead. And as always, keep thriving. Hey. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, you've got to check out my free food freedom guide because it gives you practical steps you can take to let go of dieting, stop obsessing about food, and eat in a way that you enjoy. Get your food freedom guide at oliveandbliss.ca slash food freedom. And if you'd like to learn more about me and how I can support you to make peace with food and your body, then head on over to oliveandbliss.ca. I'm always rooting for you, my friend. Until next time, keep thriving.